0: You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday afternoon, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sassfin Securities. David? I'm just looking through the news flow, and there isn't really much, is there? It's not much today. It's a short week in South Africa, probably at best uh, three and a half days, because Thursday is a public holiday and most people won't be on board on Friday. So I think most of the corporate announcements have been scheduled outside of this week. So we're at the mercy of the international markets, which are treading water again.
1: They are. Look, they're holding up. Um, It's very difficult to push them up from these kind of levels. The S and P in the UK, I mean, in America, is within touching distance of its all-time high, but I don't think there's any big story to get it through. You know, you need—I think—you need momentum, you need volume behind it to push it through into new levels. I don't think we're going to see it um, until maybe in the new year, if we do. So, it's, you know, everybody's just almost surfing through to the end of the year and just saying, okay, look, as long as nothing dramatic happens, let's just come to work, sit at our desk, have a cup of tea.
0: Yes.
1: And uh, it's almost that kind of atmosphere. I don't think, uh, we've had the inflation numbers out. We've had the labor numbers out. You know, all the discussions have taken place. Um, and now it's a matter of uh, just waiting for for something fresh into the new year. Remember, at the end of December, it's the end of a quarter again, and there we go into reporting season. So that might be the next catalyst to see where uh, you know where we where we go. Um, it's, you know, funny enough, the inflation story is is I know the numbers came out, but I thought there'd be more of a response or reaction, but there also seems to be kind of almost petering itself out. Mm. Although, as I was saying to you, politically, it's becoming a, 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 it's becoming a talking point because we go into 2022, which is elections in the United States, and you can't have, um, you, you know, you want to go in, or the Democrats want to go in where the economy is going up and uh, pointing in the right direction. Also, they want to get all Biden's plans through. But if it's if if inflation is now starting to hurt the consumer yes. or householders, then it's going to be a touchy point. So um, you know, Powell's in the middle. I don't know, I don't know what he's, I don't know how he gets himself out. So I think that's going to be one of the big talking points as we go into the new year. Is uh, there a, is there know, a the
0: Fed meeting hmm. between now and the end of the year? No, that's it, isn't it? I There's think a, so. I
1: think is yeah, there is there one there
0: is. more? I don't think so. I, I, I think so. I think isn't there one now?
1: Or, or am I mistaken? i not sure. Didn't I don't they know. Just have I one? thought there
0: was one now. I lose track. But, um, okay, I'll check that out while, while we're talking. The,
1: I think there's one this week maybe. And, uh, you know, it's one where um, you're going to be, they'll be on watch for whether or not they increase the tapering. You know, so, mm. uh, oh, yeah, futures climb before central banks meet. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I think I think there might be quite a few meetings just before we go into the new year. Yes. Um, in in Europe, I suppose they're watching to find whether they're going to extend or or hold back on any, um, you know, on, on 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 pulling back on tapering. So in other words, maintain um, a very easy stance. Look, China's uh, also pulling back on it. I think they have to because of uh, um, what they're seeing in the property market. I think they're very nervous at this, uh, of, of, of what's developed there. But I don't, you know, even, even with China easing, there wasn't much of a reaction today. Iron ore price kicked up slightly, Asian stocks were slightly better, but there was no rush into the market and, and, and you know, major change in direction. So I think it just identifies where we are.
0: Okay, we're going to be quiet until Wednesday, I think, because uh, here's my Fed calendar. Wednesday, the 15th of the 12th, uh, FOMC meeting, two-day meeting, December the 14th to the 15th. Uh, so that's tomorrow it starts. And on Wednesday, we'll get the decision and the minutes and everything, that, or rather the uh, press statement uh, afterwards. So yeah, it could be interesting. Maybe he'll surprise us, David. Maybe I will win my bet but i don't think so but there's an outside chance i mean there's an outside chance of max verstappen winning the uh, winning the race yesterday but that outside That's chance right. came in oh god i don't want to talk about it i'm sorry i'm I, i'm sorry <laughs> are I, you are uh- uh, yes i am <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we can, uh, we can he's just... He's
1: from Amsterdam. He's from your... Or it's from Holland. He's from your part of the world. It's
0: got nothing to do with my heritage, David. And as I said, I don't want to talk about it. So Lewis you give a complete... Draw, can we draw a veil over this? Thank you very much, <laughs> uh, <laughs> was what he what
1: you? napping, Lewis Hamilton? Can you like, please stop... You know, he was dawdling. It's like a... No, it wasn't. You don't understand.
0: You know? You're a football and a rugby no, and, no, a, and a I'm cricket no. fan. I don't uh, I don't want to go into... To the intricacies i'll do that with nick kunza later on because he's an f1 fanatic but, but david what do you do, what do you, okay this weekend you always do your reading i like uh, talking mm. to you about your reading and yeah. your your favorite publication is the economist what was in it mm. this week apart from uh, a book list which everyone's having at the moment best books of <laughs> well, 2021
1: that, that that's that just gives you an idea of where my mind was i as soon as i saw that they were publishing their their books of the year. That's that's immediately where I went. And worst of all, yes. the worst thing is that I saw that there's a book on Barcelona by uh, Simon Cooper. By, by Simon Cooper. So the first thing I did is went onto Kindle and downloaded it, and then spent the uh, whole of yesterday trying to you know getting through and reading through <laughs> through Barcelona. So I think it just took my mind off off, off the market. But there weren't any big stories. Um, you know, there's there's nothing big happening. Uh, in the market at the moment, I think it's just uh, almost a what's a word? A, a, just rehashing a lot of the old stories. So it's a bit disappointed in the FT as well. Uh, nothing big there. I think the the big story is around Boris Johnson. Yes, and uh, and I don't know. Lindsay, you, you understand this better than I do because you're closer to it, but, I mean, can he survive this? I mean, he's being battered on all sides. If he
0: was a CEO, he wouldn't have survived up until now, yeah. let, let, let's face it. But because he's adopted the Trump style of politics, in other words, someone says, so, someone says, here's a photograph of you having sex with the Chancellor's wife uh, oh, yeah. uh, on, the, on, the, on the table, on the cabinet table. Uh, <laughs> he'll just say, no, it didn't happen. No, no, there was no incident. No just like he's saying there's no party. Uh, so he's, he's done that because Trump is a denialist and uh, Boris yeah. Johnson seems to be doing the same thing. Uh, and I don't know, it seems as though he's going to get away with it, despite the fact that the red tops, in other words, the tabloid newspapers in the UK, scream every day Not that right. uh, you know, there's no confidence, et cetera. He's going he's gonna to somehow smokescreen it over Christmas with the feel-good factor and it'll all be forgotten in January. That's what he thinks. I don't think he's going to survive. though. something else is going to come I, out.
1: I, you know, I mean, it is so uh, it's so relenting that, um, and also very, very difficult for for him to squirm out of it. Mm. But uh, you know, the pound has gone down to what one thirty two, one thirty one, it was at one thirty two. So it's and and also I think, but it's not only that; it's uh, his stance on uh, COVID. You know, on on lockdown, and, and I think very, very strict laws again, um, I think there's an outcry over the quarantining, and I think globally there's an outcry over that. But, uh, um, you know, those have been the main stories. It's it's, it's really been around that there have, haven't been any, um, you know, major business stories. So, I, I, I you know, it's finding it difficult to get excited about the market and, and really get uh, my teeth into anything. Um,
0: we'll, we'll we'll do a review of the year with because yeah. uh, I'm I'm arranging now and I've already spoken to you about this a three way uh, chat with Wayne McCurry yourself and, yeah. and myself and we can we can talk about the year that you've had and also have some fun as well but um, you probably are preparing your year end to clients uh, letter maybe yes. you individualise them I don't right. know or maybe ah. there's a letter that goes ah. out to everybody what are you going to be saying just give us a teaser you,
1: I I you know, you know what. Lindsay, um, why I'm preparing this as well mm. and uh, is that on the 1st of February, it's 50 years that I've been on the JSC. Oh,
0: congratulations. Let me write yeah.
1: And I mean, it's just, you know, it's another day. But, I mean, it's, whole. Oh, I've mm. been there 50 years. It's a long And time. I thought, where am I, you know, what's happened? What are the lessons I've learned? And there's one very big lesson that I've learned, and it's always dominated my, my thought process, and I just want to put it into more context, mm-hmm. but I've always been fascinated by uh, individuals who've made enormous amount, who've built their wealth, and strangely enough, they've built their wealth, but, but but haven't really built it so that they can go out and buy, you know, fancy motor cars. It's just been a challenge, um, almost like Buffett. You know, Buffett has built this enormous amount of money just because he enjoys investing. And I've seen it in, in, in a number of individuals. And I've been fascinated by how they did it. And um, although this might, I might, you know, for example, somebody who took a big stake in Capitec. I like this company and just wrote the story. Yeah. and made a lot of money. You know, you can even relate it maybe to Afri- uh, Afrimat, which is a smaller company. But, you know, back in the 90s, um, I was uh, uh, the, the the gentleman that I worked for. At that stage, I wasn't working for him any, anymore. But uh, he was an elderly man and uh, had retired. But he started to say, he always, I remember, his name was Gus Lipschitz. Sadly, he died a few years ago. But what, what intrigued me about Gus is that he said, He used to read balance sheets. He was a very, very smart man. He'd read them from cover to cover, Mm. not going through the numbers, but going through the story. And he always picked up, he said, you know, Pat Goldrick, this gentleman. First of all, the theme behind cash it, build.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, let, let's yes, tell let's everyone who yeah. Cash uh, Pat Goldrick is. He's an he Irishman, a proud bill. Irishman. Oh, we so many yep. good interviews with him. He came over to South Africa and he was a builder and he started a building business. And I can remember right. the share being 150, 160, and from then on, we under the guidance of Mr. Goldrick, it took off, David. Now, now, why did Gus
1: buy them? There were two reasons. Gus read the balance sheet, and he said, you know, first of all, he said, we're going into an era in the 90s where there's going to be a whole new middle class, and they're going to want to buy things. They want to go buy furniture. They're going to build houses and so on, meaning the transformation that we're going to see in South Africa. Yes. You know, this wasn't a political decision. So, he went and he bought Ellerines and he went to buy cash build. He always liked Brian Joffey's bid vest, and he just handled a few companies, and he said, you know, my… I looked at the balance sheet. Pat Goldrick, for the reasons that you said now, look, he bought 500,000 shares for himself. He's, he's buying for himself. He must have confidence in the company. So Gus would buy a holding of, of, of yeah, he didn't, throughout the year, he didn't say, oh, I need some Anglos. I need Bulletin. I need this. He yeah. just said he would identify a few businesses and just buy them, you know, with any spare cash that he could muster up, etc. And he built an app. Amazing fortune, you know, through that. And that I find that fascinating. Yes. Absolutely fascinating. That, that, and, and I'm saying you would have seen it, uh, the people who, who backed Buffett, the people who backed Rembrandt. I mean, um, the, the Rembrandt uh, family, mm-hmm. uh, Johann Rupert, you know, the old man. And, and so that, that to me has been something I've said, you know, if you do that, if you can identify these kind of companies. Uh, and just stick to your story. Understand the story, stick to the story. Don't get, don't get sidetracked by your financial planners or your investment advisors who come tell you to diversify and put 40% into this and 3% into a hedge fund yeah. and 2%. You I like know, that. know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I know, you I know exactly what you're saying. You don't, I mean, people say diversification, diversification, diversification. Yeah. But on the other hand, all you're doing. To my mind as, as a layman and a commentator is you're basically saying that you don't trust some of your investments so you've yep, got to have another yep. one in the background to, to make the ones that have failed work a bit, don't exactly, you think? Exactly, mm.
1: exactly exactly right. Do your homework. Gus did it. You mm. know what I mean? He knew instinctively, he said this is a good business and that's all he did. You know, and those, That's how you build wealth. Yeah. You know what I mean? You build wealth. If you, if you think about it in another way, Um, Bezos made his money only out of one investment. That was Amazon. (laughs) Zuckerberg's made his money out of only one investment. That's Facebook or Meta. You know what I mean? That's how they made their money, one investment. They didn't go and (laughs) diversify 200 different investments.
0: Into food delivery or anything like that. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Mm. So, So I'm saying, you know, for me, the lesson that I've learned from these people is that that's your approach. You know, you've got, you've got to try and work and get these businesses. How do we do? There will be businesses that emerge, you know, in the same ways that we've seen Amazon, the same ways we've seen Facebook or, or uh, other companies emerge, others will emerge. And to me, that remains the challenge, you know, that remains the challenge of, of how to build wealth. And I try to build portfolios around that kind of theme. And you know we're looking, we're constantly looking for those businesses that are going to dominate in the next decade, or or maybe beyond that. But I wish I could get this message through. You know, I need to find. You need you need the evidence, but but it's 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 such a wonderful. You know, it's it's been such a wonderful experience of mine to see. Um, you know, to see wealth. Being built up that way, rather than the way that we go about it now, mm. is just kind of watering it down all along. Yes, we keep we keep abreast with the index, and uh, you know we don't we go we neither go left or right of it, and uh, we preserve capital in that. But the real wealth builders, you know, are these kind of people, and uh, that, you know they're those kind of people that I mentioned now. And um, I'd love to. I'd love to do a little bit more and, and give more examples of it. But that's where I'm trying to head. You know, I'm trying to head and and, and get people to think in that way.
0: Let me ask you this. On February the mm. 1st, it'll be your 50th anniversary of being uh, originally Diagonal Street, I would imagine. Or was it Diagonal Street mm. then? No, it was somewhere else. Yeah. No,
1: no, Hollard Street I
0: started. Hollard by. Street. Okay, you started Hollard, on Hollard Street, Diagonal, then Diagonal yeah. Street, and then, of course, everything went um, remote or digital. Electrically, yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Um, there, there's a book of, you're not telling me about it, and maybe you're keeping it, you're keeping it close to your chest, but there must be a book.
1: I, I've, got, I've got a lot of, you know, when I think about it, there's some wonderful stories. Yes. Um, you, you know what? I prefer rather than the gossip because, I mean, I went through some really, really tough times. In the 1970s, when we had the Soweto rife, right, there were days in which we never did a deal. Yeah. You know, you, you've got your overheads. You're not doing one brokerage deal. And we relied on brokers, you know, and then I mean the various phases that we that we went through as a stock check Lindsay, there's one that that i I um in fact, I sent out a tweet yesterday because I was looking through a magazine which was hundred years old i mean with which celebrated our centenary uh, leadership and Winston flocker had written a piece you know, in that stage in nineteen eighty seven uh the South African market. Uh, was bigger than the Australian market. We were we were in the top ten. Blimey! Uh, of course, yeah, Japan was big. It Was bigger than the US, and and a lot of it was driven by you know a lot of it was driven by resources. And what happened? And I'm not. There's no political issue to this one. What happened with South Africa is that um, you know as we went into a, a, a different era in the 1990s. And came out of it, we thought that with the Chinese buying commodities, this is going to last forever. It didn't. And we never adjusted our economy. We were a vibrant, massive economy down it. And when I say vibrant, we. Around based on the mining, mining industry, of course. Based yeah. on mining. But we never made plans for what lay ahead we never we never planned our way out of it we thought this is going to be with us forever
0: so it's like saudi arabia for example saudi arabia exactly. saying you know in 50 years time when mm. we can't just be an oil a, a fossil fuel based economy yeah. we have to diversify whether they're yeah. doing it the correct way or not but south africa was complacent in other words exactly
1: and that's, we had, you know, everything was based around the mining industry, the in- industry, and we had so much electricity, we didn't know what we do. So what do we do? We built aluminum companies, you know, aluminum mm. smelters, which you need, it's, it's, it's electricity, there's nothing else. You know, you put a few ingredients in there and you come out, you add electricity to them, <laughs> the bauxite and aluminum, and you, get, you come out with aluminum. But <laughs> without electricity, you're dead. And what happened, we had so much that we discounted this to BHP and to other, you know, to, to other players. We had what's in um, uh, Hillside, Bayside, Mosul, you know, um, all these businesses. And and look where we are now. And, and you know, a lot of it's poli- you know, politicus- politics, sorry, the way that we went about. But there was no yes. planning. There was absolutely no planning about our future. And look, and look where we are today. Well, and you know, that's the, a sadness.
0: You've, you've diverted neatly from my question. Are you going to write a book? Well, Will there be a 50-year book?
1: <laughs> I wish I – you know, I'd love – I, I keep thinking about it, but I'd love to write article by article, you know, in other words, chapter by chapter, you know, in a, each chapter having a, a theme. You're a good uh, writer. You can it. you can do it. Yeah. But
0: if not, then of course mm. you can employ me as a ghostwriter and colla- and collaborate we, with me. You know, I could do that? We we you you deserve your, you your story to, needs to needs move. to be told mm. because mm. you've just spoken about something that in the 1970s uh, you didn't do a deal. That's a story. People yeah. love stories. Oh, no. But you you know the
1: difference, and 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 you'll appreciate this because you always say that I don't like gold. Now. When we dealt in the 1970s, we never dealt in gold. Gold had a fixed price. Currencies had a fixed price or a fixed exchange rate. You know, give or take uh, a little bit of margin on either side. There was no, you know, the gold price was a set level with very, very little movement. So, what happens is is that gold mines actually became, um, you know, they, they were industries they weren't um, – were, it wasn't a gold mine that depended on the gold price. What drove the price of a gold mine was how you mined. How, you know, pr- what how your productive grade? you were, yes. Exactly. What grade you produced and what, uh, how productive you were and what your costs were, how you controlled your costs, were there deaths and uh, all kinds of issues like that. In other words, your safety and everything. And it was through that. You know, that's how you determined the price of the, of the gold mine. So we mm. weren't dealing in the gold price. We were dealing in a mine, and that, that that was the difference. You know, so today everybody looks at the gold price and oh, the gold price is up. We've got to go buy gold. It wasn't like that, and applied to all other industries as well. You know, most of the other miners as well. You never got these wild fluctuations in prices uh, that we see today.
0: Well, I'm, I'm telling you, you have to write the book. I mean, it's your duty mm. to do so because mm. people lo- lo- love you on television, radio, podcast, everything. And now they need the book. But we'll talk about <laughs> that uh, privately. I'll keep on. I'll keep on badgering uh, you about that, um, David. Let's go to football now. There were the top three yeah. are pulling away from the rest, aren't they? There's yeah. you've got Chelsea, yeah. Liverpool, and Manchester City. City at yeah. the top at the moment. They were awful against Wolves. They were very lucky to beat them. Um, they looked tired. Uh, and lacking ideas, so they all
1: won on they all won on penalties. It's exactly
0: it's a it's a big it's a big weekend for penalties. Uh, Liverpool Villa, ah, ah, so many incidents there, but it was it was essentially a boring game. The game of um, the weekend um, was Chelsea Leeds, really? uh, and I yeah. don't know if you yeah. know about the history of Chelsea Leeds games. If you watch the if you watch the go onto YouTube and watch the mm. 1970 FA Cup final replay, which was held at Old Trafford. Um, and and Chelsea won it eventually with a uh, goal by Dave Webb, the defender. But if you see this, (laughs) there would be no players left on the pitch in the modern (laughs) era, given (laughs) given the amount of savagery that went on on the pitch. It's absolutely fantastic. But it it carries on today. There's a legacy Mm. issue there. It was a Mm. tough game, and it was a really good, fun game. And my brother was at the match. He's a Chelsea season ticket holder. He said he's never seen so many police in, in, in attendance waiting Probably for yes, some travel but, uh, after the game yeah, it was it, it, it was really good I fun i didn't know that I, did, mm. I didn't know that there was a story and i think it
1: goes back to uh where they were both competing they were both in the, what was then the second division um competing to go up and i think chelsea beat leeds or or leeds Leeds got up ahead of Chelsea, one of the two, and that started the rivalry.
0: No, it started um, in 1970. I, I don't know. Maybe exactly that was maybe it was before then as yeah. well. But uh, if you're if you're really bored, go and look at this 15 minute uh, highlights package. You'd be surprised. Jeez. This sort of thuggery that goes on It's really but I, good fun. What, you know what? You're
1: not upset me.
0: Mm. What
1: what upset me is that today it's so easy to get a penalty because yes. if you both running, you know, this is where you've got VAR. If you're both running for a ball, and I'm slightly ahead of you, you're 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 it's on your side. In other words, you're you're more in control. But I'm slightly ahead of you. All I do is put my foot across you. That's yes, exactly. All. And and you're going to push me over.
0: Yeah.
1: Do you know what I mean? So That's what Mo Salah
0: did against Villa, and, and as yeah, the person said, exactly, Alan Shearer on Match of the Day said, if you're one on one with someone in the box, all you have to do. It's just go yep. across the defender. The defender is, is 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 going to come off worst, and you'll get the penalty. And yep. that's exactly what happened. Yeah, it is a yep. bit, yep. and it's fine margins. Yep. They're not really penalties. It's just too. Nah. If, it, if it happened in the centre of the pitch, there would be there would be no foul. They just nah. let it go on. because it's in the penalty box, the ball's box.
1: not going. The ball's going away from goals. It's mm. you know even if you do get it, it doesn't mean that you're going to get a, uh, a you know score a goal. It's not mm. a goal scoring chart. And I just look and say, oh, no. You know, you just, oh, no. And, I mean, even even the Chelsea chap, uh, Rodrigo, just went down so easily, you know. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just, oh, boy. He earns
0: £400,000 a week because he's yeah. out, out of contract at the end of the year. He yeah. gets paid £400,000 yeah. a week. He's good. He's aggressive. No, he he's, yeah. and he, he attacks and defends. Yeah. But, um, yeah, anyway. All right, yeah. David. That, um, was
1: the, that was the end of the game. That uh, was the end of
0: it. Mm. And and,
1: and, uh, uh, that was poor Leeds. The Leeds game. Yeah, Leeds. Poor Leeds. Leeds,
0: Leeds, Yeah. I like Leeds. They're good fun. All right, David, um, we're going to set up a a, a three-way with McCurry, Wayne Wayne McCurry, uh, later in the week. So that'll be our sign off for the year, I I reckon. David Shapiro is from Sassam Securities and that was Shapiro World. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy position